Friends in Christ, our readings for this weekend are focused in a very particular way on authority. What does it mean to say that we are under authority, whether it be in the family or in church or in the workplace or on a national or local level by the members of government? To say that we are under authority, what does that mean for us? You know, we're in the middle of an election year, and some of the campaigns and the candidates, while many have positive aspects to them, often reveal a darker side. We see a lot of the negativity that can sometimes shape us to be a bit more cynical or maybe jaded about those in authority over us. What does sacred scripture say about authority? What does the Bible say? St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, chapter 13, says, Let every person be subjected to the governing authorities. It's a little surprising, right? In St. Paul's time. For there is no authority, he says, except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Now that doesn't mean that every person in authority acts in the name of God. It doesn't mean that every person follows the will of God. Nor that we should follow their example because they're in authority. One example that comes to mind is in the Gospel of St. John with Pontius Pilate. Pilate is certainly not an instrument of God, certainly not doing the work of God. And at one point he threatens Christ and says, do you not realize I have the power to release you or to crucify you? To which Jesus responds, you would have no power over me at all if it were not given to you from above. All authority comes to us from God. How that authority is used concerns our human freedom. That's the challenge that we find in authority. But in the scriptures this weekend, we have some great examples of those who are in authority over God's people, beginning with the book of Deuteronomy and the person of Moses. Moses is the authority person of the Old Testament. That he is God's person of authority over his people. He brings them out of slavery in Egypt and into the promised land. It's through Moses that they will receive the law. This covenant God makes with his people Israel comes through Moses. They will be called the Mosaic Law. Moses will speak to God face to face, become what's called a friend of God. He is a person above all in authority. And yet he says in his own words in the book of Deuteronomy this weekend, a prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up from among your own kin and you are to listen to him. It's an incredible phrase that he would use, a prophet like me. Who could be like Moses? 
And so down through the centuries, they would be watching for this prophet. Who is he? John the Baptist, when he came, was questioned and asked, Are you the prophet? Are you the one Moses spoke of? And yet it's Jesus in the gospel this weekend. Still in the opening chapter of St. Mark's gospel. Who comes out into the synagogue. And we're told they were astonished at his teaching. They were astonished. Because he taught them as one having authority. And not like the scribes. So the scribes would quote Moses. They would quote other rabbis as their authority for what they were teaching, but not Jesus. He taught in his own authority. And they were astonished by it. And he goes on to see this unclean spirit in the synagogue who confronts him. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Have you come here to destroy us? The demons know who's in authority. And Jesus immediately says to him, quiet, come out of him. And with that word of command, not by the authority of those around him or before him, but by his own authority, he commands the demons and they're driven out. Awesome display of authority and power because he is the son of God. Jesus has entrusted that authority to teach and to drive out evil, to restore souls to grace. He has given that authority to imperfect members of the church. It's the reality that this awesome power and authority that Jesus possesses, he has given to members of the church. And so it is that when we follow the teachings of the church handed down from the apostles, we are being guided by the authority of Christ. That we can be led into virtue, into generosity of spirit, away from that selfishness that keeps us from being the men and women we've always been created to be. We have such beautiful teachings in the church on virtue, on the moral life, on the commandments of God. If we allow them to teach us and form us, we can become different people, holy, fruitful. And so it is with the driving out of evil. Jesus is confronted by evil, not in some dark or remote part of Galilee, But in the synagogue, in the holy place, that should surprise us, or should it? That's exactly where the devil wants to go. In the church, to divide and separate. In the family, in the places that we work, in places that are dear to us, that's where evil wants to divide and separate and cause division and bitterness and unforgiveness. And so that evil needs to be driven out, and we don't have the authority to do that. But God does. In a particular way, in the sacraments of the church, in baptism, when we're cleansed of original sin, 
and the Holy Spirit dwells in us. It drives out evil. And so it is in the sacrament of reconciliation. When we have sinned against God, oftentimes gravely, those sins are immediately taken away in the sacrament of reconciliation. Jesus in the gospel this weekend performs an exorcism. He drives out the demon from that possessed person. And exorcists today are in agreement and have written on the subject that more powerful than an exorcism is sacramental confession, sacramental absolution, the sacrament of reconciliation, to confess our sins before God and to receive absolution has the power to restore us to grace and draw us into the very life of God. That's more powerful than an exorcism. And we have access to this power in our spiritual lives. The Lord wants us to receive this grace, to be strengthened in virtue, and to grow in holiness. God's authority is in our lives. How are we called to receive it? to be guided by it, and to be set free by it so that the life of God can live in and through us.